if your truth is valuable, if this difficult conversation is bringing value to this person, you're actually probably doing them a disservice if you do not raise their awareness in a patient, heart-driven, compassionate way. You have the humility to learn from others. You're here to learn. You're here to get better. See, if you and I have a difficult conversation and I challenge your ego, you'll not only grow from it, you'll actually thank me later. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, Next Level U weekly live podcast, week number 74, having difficult conversations. Alan pre-framed us. I said this in the video that I shot for um, for the email, and I think I, I may have put it in here also, but having difficult conversations, as the word suggests, is very difficult. And there's a lot of reasons why. Maybe you're insecure about what you're talking about. You're afraid to hurt the person. You don't want to break rapport. You don't want to have conflict between you and this person. Whatever it may be, we're going to go through a lot of those things today. But I know this is definitely something that I am committed to improving. I definitely have improved, but there's a long way for me to go. One of my core fears is hurting people, offending people, um, looking like the bad guy. That's a huge, a huge, huge fear of mine. So that's something that I'm working on. All of this is is stuff that I'm working on and I think you're working through as well. For sure, for sure. This is actually, it's interesting. Um, I think Kevin and I, over the last five years after starting this business, my podcast was Conversations Change Lives. His podcast was the Hyperconscious Podcast. And over the last five years, I think we've probably improved on this more than anything else because we, quite frankly, we weren't great at it. Um, I certainly was not good at expressing my truth, not only on camera and publicly, but but behind the scenes having difficult conversations. And I think that's really what today is about is it's about belonging. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being honest. It's about being okay with being disagreed with, maybe even disapproved of. It's about basically expressing what you really think and what you really feel and having the courage to do so knowing that there's a good chance other people will disagree with you and potentially even dislike you. Sometimes you have to choose between self-respect and being liked. And Kevin and I have learned that the hard way over time. And the more we grow and evolve, both in business and personal development, the more we realize like there is no way to please everybody. There just is not. Um, but going through this life, expressing your truth and with sincerity and with courage, I think you know we all know that it's 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 better to leave a live a courageous, fully expressed life than to stay quiet and just stay liked by everybody. Everybody knows that. And so we're going to help you have difficult conversations so that you can flourish in your life and in your relationships. Can I have number one? Oh, for sure, man. So throughout, 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 throughout this whole thing, I want you to have this frame. Is this best for the person I'm going to have this conversation <laughs> with? Happy, happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. So Alan and I used to be bodybuilders. Oh, yeah. Actually, like getting on stage and doing that. I'll never forget, Alan was at my place and um, I was ordering pizza. And he's like, honestly, man, haven't eaten all day. I'm going to get a, a large chicken broccoli, Alfredo. 
And I was like, interesting. Okay. Like, I think you have a fitness show in like three weeks, but whatever, man, you do you like you're, you're doing the thing. And I think he did that up until like maybe a week away from the show. And I'll never forget this. And this was super difficult because it's not easy to hurt somebody's feelings. It's just not easy. My friend Matt and I were at the gym with Alan and Mm -hmm. Alan had his, his, um, shorts on his board shorts posing and, trunks. and he was doing his posing and I remember looking at Matt and being like he's gonna get stomped like he is going to get stomped he is not ready I literally was in better shape than Alan and I was just dieting for fun and that's the level of truth I had to give Alan so he said like hey what do you think guys like how am I you think I'm gonna do well and Matt and I looked at each other and like oh god and I said honestly man you're not ready like if I was you I wouldn't do this show I would push back two or three weeks. Like you are two, three, four weeks away from actually not winning, but like having a decent showing. And this is a week out, maybe? Yeah. Maybe not even. Not even. And we're in the gym. It with was him. that weekend. It was Thursday. Yeah. And it was that weekend. Yeah. And I remember just saying, like, dude, I'm telling you, this is gonna go badly. Like you haven't you haven't been putting in the work. And I remember him saying, you know, it was pouring rain the other night. I put my, my cell phone in a bag and I went for a run because I'm trying to lose that last weight. And I said, I love that and I love that dedication. Mm. But if you got your shit together, like when we talked weeks ago, before we got to this point, you wouldn't have had to do that. Very, very difficult conversation. Um, very, very difficult seeing Alan on stage not winning the show. Uh, yeah, I got laughed at by the judges, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. That was because of the way I was breathing. Yeah. yeah. Who's that guy? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea who that is. I, was, I sounded like a snake. You sounded like a snake. But the point of Painful. this is, I if I didn't tell Alan that, from my higher level of awareness, I would have been doing him a disservice. Mm. I had the hope that Alan would take the feedback and then maybe do something different with it. Alan has insane self-belief, so he was like, no, I'm going to do it. Either way, it's a lesson. I've trained for this, so no matter what, I'm going to do it. And it might not have turned out great, but he did end up winning his next show because of that. But if you have a higher level of awareness than somebody or you are seeing a blind spot that they don't necessarily see, you're actually doing them a disservice if you don't bring that up. Because if they don't see it, they can't do anything about it. Now, obviously, the way you bring it up is going to depend on the person. It's going to depend on the scenario. I know Alan's very comfortable with his body. So me saying, hey, man, I mean this with all the love in the world, but like, you're kind of fat compared to the people that are going to be on stage. That's not me saying he looks bad. That's not me saying he's not intrinsically value as valuable as a human being. It just means I've been on stage. I know the level of competition you're going against. You're most likely not going to place. And I don't want you to look back and say like, Kev, why didn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you say something? So understand that if your truth is valuable, if this difficult conversation is bringing value to this person, you're actually probably doing them a disservice if you do not raise their awareness in a patient, heart-driven, compassionate way. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I am grateful for that. Even though it was really hard, it's interesting, right after that show, and I did literally get laughed at, that actually was disrespectful of them. Oh, I remember, I'm sure. Yeah, that was bad. Um, that was a really difficult moment, but I remember being backstage right after that show, getting stomped. I came in fifth. Um, and I think out of eight or something like that. But I remember I was already practicing posing for the next show already backstage, like that same day. But I'm not going to lie to you, that gut check was really difficult. And I do think for someone who did have less self-belief, I do realize in hindsight that that would be really crushing. And I do think that like it's important to try to try to help under people understand the truth. I, I remember hearing this one time. Uh, 
The truth is like a flagpole, and we're all in a circle around the center of this flagpole. And if you want to see the flag from 360 degrees, you have to get everybody's perspective. And so Kevin was giving me a perspective that I couldn't see in a blind spot, and that was during a difficult, insecure time. What what Kevin assumed is that I didn't have a lot of insecurity about my body, um, but I was going through a difficult challenge in my relationship at the time. And what he also doesn't understand is that I was probably afraid of more truth when I was already getting so much feedback and not feeling very good about myself in my actual life. And also entrepreneurial, we weren't exactly crushing it back then either. So um, I think that that was a piece of it as well. Yeah, we definitely, I, I think you and I were just like pretty new. Very new. Working I don't together. think we made any money in the podcast yet. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, we definitely didn't. Many years ago. So that's absolutely fire. So the next one here, we call it the, so Emilia and I do relationship talks. I know you know that. And we came up with something called the three C's of belonging. And it's actually a cycle. It's a triangle. So the top of the pyramid, bottom right, bottom left, and it goes in a cycle. And the first C is courage. So prior to Kevin telling me his truth, he had to have the courage to admit the truth to himself. Number one, I don't think Alan's going to win. That is my truth. And if he asks me, I'm going to have the courage to actually tell him. So number one is courage. Number two is communication. Vulnerable communication in particular. So Kevin had to be honest and not attack me like, dude, you suck. You're the worst. No, instead, like, honestly, I wish this wasn't the case. But in my honest opinion, based on my awareness from my perspective, I don't think you're going to win the show. Okay, but he still came and supported me anyway. He was still in the audience, even though that was probably painful for him. <laughs> and then the third one is collaborative problem solving. Now, the third one we didn't get to because at this point the show was in three days. You're not exactly going to be able the to... The problem was not getting the, solved. Yeah, the problem was not getting solved, at least not before that that event. Um, but the third stage, again, have the courage to admit the truth to yourself. Have the courage to communicate. Second C, communicate that vulnerably to the other person. And then you can collaboratively problem solve from both perspectives we call it drive to five in business kevin and i do this all the time um just the other day uh kevin audioed a client while he was away this weekend and we're in a group chat with this potential client it's a potential client not a client and in his audio i loved it most of it 80 percent of it was fire but the last 20 percent, i was like honestly i think you're creating some uncertainty in the consciousness of this potential client and next time i think this approach would be better that's just my perspective so i audioed kevin privately so i i had the courage to admit to myself that i don't think that audio was perfect i vulnerably communicated to kevin and then now we can collaboratively problem solve and now when we get that client which i do believe we will it might have been because i had the courage and those three C's to really help him improve. And I told him, I said, it's no big deal, um, but I do think this is a way you could improve. And then literally right after that, he's like, I'm messaging her now. And he sent another text with my advice. And so again, we're going to talk about this later. Having difficult conversations is unreasonably challenging by default. But if you're with someone who's closed-minded and who's arrogant, it's going to be even harder. So just understand that if someone has a fixed mindset and very low self-belief, even though they pretend to have a lot of self-belief, it's going to be hard for them to look in the mirror. It's going to be hard for them to take feedback. Very last thing I'll say before we move on to the next point. Kevin and I, this was years ago, we were watching Brendan Burchard. Brendan Burchard got interviewed and was asked, why, why do you think people watch Netflix so much? Or why do you think people don't grow so much? And he basically said, 
they don't want feedback. He said one of the reasons people watch Netflix so much is that it's no feedback on their own life. They get to simulate the experiences of someone else's life, even though they're actors and stuff, um, without any actual feedback on themselves. So, for example, going to the gym and doing a difficult workout is going to have to fit. You're going to have to face the fact that you might be out of shape. Whereas when you're watching Netflix, there's no real feedback. It's like playing pretend. It's like you get to experience all the emotions and the mental stimulation of what the characters are going through with no real risk. There's no actual risk to your own identity. And I think we're all living in a world right now where there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. We're spending more time in our digital world than our own actual life. One of the reasons our podcast doesn't do better, in my opinion, is it's so much feedback. I mean, if you came here to listen to this, if you're listening to this right now or watching this, this is feedback. It's not It's not entertainment for yeah. sure. It's definitely more education. And that education means you got to go back in your past and go, wow, I really have not been good at telling my truth. Wow, I really haven't done that vulnerably or effectively. Maybe I'm not that courageous. See, that can be painful. Of course, of course, this isn't going to be quite as popular as Netflix. Um, but I do think in the long run, we can do some great work. I agree. Uh, one, just adding on to what Alan talked about that client where he sent me that message. First thing I did was, number one, I was like, oh, that's a great point. Like, I can understand why he would send me that. I told Taryn, I said, hey, I need a couple minutes. I have to formulate a message here that I, I need to check my schedule and... It's the understanding that Alan and I are on the same team. So that's one of the points that I had that Alan spoke to. So I'll just go to that. If you have a common goal, your difficult conversation has a direction. So you can either escalate the conversation or you can try to resolve the conversation. I didn't want to escalate it. I wanted to say, okay, what is Alan saying here? And he led with praise, which is, that's another thing. Like that should be on here for sure. Yeah, I thought about it. If you're having a difficult conversation, lead with praise. Alan said, hey, you've been crushing this. You're doing such an amazing job. Just a little bit of feedback here that you might want to take. Awesome. Love that. Thank you for the the praise. Now give me the, you know, you want dessert first and then you can give him the garbage after. Um, broccoli. The broccoli. But I had to admit to myself, okay, well, Alan has my best interests at hand. He's my business partner. We're working together. All of the money we make is the business money. So he's looking out for me and he's looking out for the business. We have a shared goal. We have a common goal here. So it's not anything to take personal. A lot of what we're talking about is giving the part in the difficult conversation. But I know for me, I've been on the receiving end of many difficult conversations, particularly you and I. But it's one of those things of you have to have that level of ownership and I'll let you speak to the growth versus fixed mindset, but you have to trust the person that's giving you the feedback. You and I have had so many difficult conversations, but I always believe it's from a constructive place. And early on, I didn't necessarily believe that I could do something with it. But as you get feedback more and more, you start to understand that this isn't personal. It doesn't identify me as a human. And with this new awareness, with this difficult conversation, I can do something with it. I can take something out of it. So understand, particularly if you're in a relationship, Alan and I are in a business relationship, Taryn and I are in an intimate relationship, anytime we're having a difficult conversation and I start to feel us drift apart, I always try to say like, hey, I want you to hold my hand while we're talking because I want to stay connected. He's talking about Taryn. Taryn or Alan. (laughs) Alan's close enough, I'll say no. But we're on the same team. The conversation that we're having might be difficult, but it's not me against you. 
it's us against this problem. Mm. It's collaborative. I think when people are having difficult conversations, instead of collaborating, they compete with one another. They try to make Alan's wrong for saying that. Like, no, Alan's not wrong for saying that. He's right if I want us to improve our business. So focus on collaboration instead of competition. And I think that having difficult conversations is a lot easier. Uh, I often talk about identifying the bugs in the garden. If if every relationship is like a, a garden that's either going to flourish or be destroyed. If you plant a garden, everyone knows that over the summer, the pesky bugs are going to are gonna take the garden and the weeds if you don't weed the garden, if you don't identify the bugs. So what Kevin's basically saying, and I have this written down here, separate the cycle from the person. And when I sent him that audio message, leading with praise, I actually phrased it and I have this written. I noticed that. I noticed that. I do this all the time, actually. I said, you're doing awesome, crushing in sales. And I honestly thought your audio was really good. Almost all of it was really good. This one piece could have been better. I noticed that whenever you talk to this particular potential Uh, client, um, you tend to create more uncertainty in this particular way. Basically, just to give context, he wasn't as direct with, okay, let's do 9 a.m. on Wednesday. And that creates uncertainty of like, now she has to go back and check her schedule and you guys are keep playing phone tag. And it's like, dude, just give her a couple days and times so she can just pick one and, and hammer. And again, sorry. No, no, <laughs> um, but anyway, so I say I noticed that. See, you have to separate the cycle or the pattern or the behavior from the person. Kevin's not bad. Kevin's not bad at sales. Kevin's actually great at sales. Kevin has this one pattern that he does with this one potential person. And so I, I noticed that when you talk to this potential client, this is what happens, mm-hmm. especially when... It's a high ticket situation. And so remember, when you're having a difficult conversation with someone, you're not attacking them. You're attacking the behavior. And you're not even attacking the behavior. You're identifying it. Identify where the bug is. Where's the pesky bug? I like pesky bug because it's like it's not intimidating. Little tiny bug. I'm the pesky bug. You are? In this scenario. No, no, no. You're not. The pattern is. (laughs) The cycle is. Yeah, yeah, So um, imagine a bug that gets to eat the garden. It's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Over time? No, no, no. You got to identify the bug while it's small and get it out of the garden. And so you're attacking the bug, not the person. And that's really, really critical. And the bug is just a misunderstanding. It's it's suppression. It's it's a lifestyle preference. It's a core value in conflict. You just got to identify the root cause of whatever that issue is. Otherwise, resentment will build. And a quick little tip is, like I said, I noticed that when this, this, and this. That's just something I noticed. Let's be curious. Let's talk about it. Do you notice that? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Are you you good? I'm good. I want to make sure I'm not interrupting you. I don't know if it was a live podcast. It might have been a meetup or mastermind, whatever, you know, phase we were in when it comes to this, or it was an episode. But I think we talked about how you're Jeffin the law of attraction. And the episode basically was us saying, if you're not willing to tell the truth, the law of attraction can't really work for you because the law of attraction is based on the truth. So if you're not telling the truth to the people in your life that shouldn't be in your lives, lives, then you're not going to attract the right people in and, and vice versa. So we had a potential client, I don't know, it was probably like six or seven months ago at this point. And I had been talking to this person for like a year and oh, yeah. this person was very, very ego driven, but we needed money because when we first started talking to this person, we were new in business and this was a high ticket client and 
it seemed like a good fit at the time, but I never was willing to have a difficult conversation, sit down with this person and say, look, when we're on the phone, you get very ego driven and it becomes a, I have to prove to you something. It becomes a, Kevin, you need to sell me on this. Like there were several times where we get on the phone and he said, all right, let me hear the pitch. And it was like, I'm not, I'm not here to pitch. Like you actually wanted to talk to me. That's why we're on the phone. Cause you called me out of the blue and I'm just returning your call, which you got to stop calling me out of the blue. Like, let me know when you want to talk. But I never was willing to have that tough conversation of look at next level podcast solutions. We really value the morals and the ethics of the people that we work with. I don't necessarily know that this is the right fit by not having that difficult conversation. Not only did this person stay in my life and I kept doing calls with them, but I was probably blocking the opportunity to attract some more aligned clients. Mm -hmm. Now that's my bad. I wasn't willing from a higher sense of awareness to sit down and have a difficult conversation. I wasn't courageous enough to do it. I ended up connecting Alan with this person and said, Hey, I think you're the, I think you're the type of person that this person will connect with jump on this call. And Alan did it. And he literally called me after. And like, it was in the middle of the afternoon. He's like, dude, don't ever send me somebody like that again. Like, <laughs> and because that ego that person that we never would have normally attracted in triggered Alan because that was kind of a blast from his past. Him and I had a great conversation, a difficult conversation about it. And we haven't spoken to that person yet. If he came and said, hey, I want to give you $3,000 a month for that, we'd probably say no, yeah. right? Because it's not in alignment. But I was Jeffing. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means to screw up. I was Jeffing the law of attraction by not having a difficult conversation. And I think so many of us do that because we're affecting what's attracted into our lives because we're not actually living in our own truth. If you're not being truthful with yourself and the people around you, how do you expect to get aligned true results? It just right. won't happen. Uh, a good analogy for this is imagine you're at a stoplight. When it comes to messing up the law of attraction by not living in your truth and not having those difficult conversations, you're at a stoplight and you turn to your right and a, a cop car SUV pulls up to the right. Looks like a cop car. The person in the driver's seat is in uniform. Everyone assumes it's a cop, right? What if it was a criminal dressed as a cop who somehow got a hold of a cop car? See, if it was a cop who earned that and trained and protect and serve and core values and integrity, desiring to protect people, that law of attraction would work properly but it's the wolf in the sheep's clothing that messes with the law of attraction. And this person that Kevin had me on the phone with, he literally said something along the lines of like, why the hell should I work with you? Like, prove yourself to me. Like, why should I work with you? And I'm like, I don't even know you. I, I you, you called me. Like, Kevin, I, Kevin jeffed it. <laughs> so then I get frustrated. I call Kevin. Anyways, no big deal. But the point is this is, and I've, I've actually, I want to bring people behind the scenes a little bit, if that's okay. No. <laughs> no. So I heard Kevin on the phone once with this person mm. and I noticed Kevin shelling up quite a bit, not telling his full truth. He was kind of like appeasing. We've all appeased at times to try to keep things on an even keel. You know, those people that we really, they are stepping over our boundaries and we know it deep down, but we're afraid to lose them or we're afraid to upset them or we don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. So we just avoid it. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brandon Lowe. I am the host of the Decide and Design podcast, and I'm also 
part of the NLU team. I wanted to give a shout out to Kevin and Alan real quick. So when I first started working for Kevin and Alan, they asked me, what kind of skills do you have? What, what can you bring to the table? And I was honest and transparent with them. I was like, I don't have a lot of computer skills. I don't have a lot of sales skills or business skills, but I'm willing to work hard. And they decided to take a chance on me and give me a huge opportunity based off of my character. And when they did that, that really showed me what, what types of people that Kevin and Alan are. I mean, amazing guys who really have been mentoring me, coaching me, and taking me under their wing and completely changing my life. I now host a podcast. I'm on the team. I'm connecting with amazing people, and I'm becoming the man that I was truly meant to be, and it's because of these two amazing guys. I have nothing but amazing things to say about them. I love you guys. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, and if you have the chance to work with Kevin and Alan, I highly, highly recommend it. And I remember he got off the phone with him, and this was several months earlier. And I said, Kev, like, honestly, man, you're not really um, your full self when you're talking to him. It's almost like you're a shell. You're, you're acting like the, the Kevin who's not good at sales, the Kevin who is brand new in podcasting, the Kevin who doesn't have an incredible podcast agency. And, and, and I'm like, dude, you should tell him the truth. And the truth of the matter is, and this is fascinating, if Kevin or I were really good at having difficult conversations, with this guy in particular, we didn't even want to bother. Mm. So it's like not even worth it. But if we were to say, like, listen, to be completely honest, we think you're extremely ego-driven. We think you think the world of yourself. You called us. Like, we honestly don't even want to work with you. If we had said that, he would have started probably fighting to try to, to, try to work with us. And, and, and honestly, sales, a lot of it, I've come to realize this, is knowing your own value. Your actual value, not an inflated. A lot of people want to charge Apple-level prices when Apple spent 50 years having the best products. Um, so like you have to know your real, your actual value in the marketplace. Um, cause some people take that the other way. It's like $10,000. It's like, you've never coached before. Right. <laughs> um, but you have to know your actual value, not inflated, not deflated. In this case, Kevin was deflating it. Um, know your actual value and then just live in the truth. What do you actually think? What do you actually feel? What do you actually believe? And, and if you can live there, believe it or not, you'll actually close more sales. And that's a, that's another thing. But sales is is literally, I said this earlier, we recorded an episode we did. on the sales cycle. We have a whole little framework, next level sales cycle. And it was basically like, if you don't feel like you're good at sales, what you're really saying to me is I'm not good at having uncomfortable conversations mm. because sales is uncomfortable. Eventually you have to ask for the order. I did sales for years and years and years and it was, it's uncomfortable. Inside sales, right? Inside and outside. Hmm, I yeah. see. I haven't heard yeah. that enough. Got promoted. Well, last <laughs> no, last thing, little company. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know the behind the scenes of this. I won't. I won't. I don't want to release any details or give specifics. But we have a client who now has become one of my favorite clients. We do biweekly calls. It's one of my favorite things. I love, 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 love talking with this client. But early on, when we started working with this client, we had a bit of a disagreement, and she wasn't super, super nice to me at the time and said some not so nice things. And I had a difficult conversation with her and we've had difficult conversations since, but it was that level of, look, very similar to what Alan said about the, what is it? The, separate the cycle from the person. I realized that number one, this person isn't a bad person. They're going through something and they're feeling some level of uncertainty I want to make sure I see that and I see this person for who they really are, but I have to have this difficult conversation because I need this person to respect me. And in order for somebody to respect you, they have to know you respect yourself. 
Oh yeah. That's just part of it. Yep. We had a very difficult conversation and recently we were talking about that. And I said, look, like I remember thinking at that time, one of two things was going to happen. We were going to have a difficult conversation or I was going to get rid of you as a client. And I'm glad that we were working together because I love you and I really enjoy working with you. But I appreciate how well you handled the feedback and I appreciate what you've done with it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for how close we've grown, but it never would have happened if both of us weren't willing to have that difficult conversation. So just speaking to the other end of the ego-driven person we were talking about there. If you grew up in an environment where when you brought truth to the table, you were attacked emotionally, mentally, or even physically, um, <clears throat> just understand that's not always going to happen. That, that probably injected a lot of fear in you. And having uncomfortable conversations and bringing the truth up probably isn't isn't a. Uh, this is something that I've found. Again, this is about having difficult conversations. This is an arena that like very few people are good at. Uh, that's why people don't like going to interviews. Interviewing for a job is a scary situation. Why? Because you get asked a bunch of questions. It's a difficult conversation. If you love interviewing, you're probably great at sales, and you probably believe in your own value. You probably have high self belief. Like I used to love interviewing. Um, but that's because I was I was good at it, at least I thought. And in hindsight, I actually do think I was pretty good in specific arenas at having difficult conversations. But when it comes to emotional conversations, being vulnerable, I didn't really have that dialed in until a couple of years ago. Um, and we'll move to that next one. So the key is being vulnerable. Because when you're vulnerable, you're not attacking. You're just kind of like, this is the story I'm telling myself, or this is how I feel. Uh, I remember I sent a seven minute, seven and a half minute audio to Kevin. Again, we're talking a lot about difficult conversations we've had. Mostly coming my way. Well, yeah. No, no, the, the, the show one. <laughs> yeah, the show one. for sure, yeah. Alan. By the way, you're a little you are going to lose. Yeah, you're a little fat. you may you or may not be. Take it easy on. Uh, oh, you're going to you're going to get another uh, chicken <laughs> bacon Alfredo pizza. I don't know. That's Delicious one. though. Yeah, they were. Hey, worth it. Fast way. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to fast way. As Kevin says, you either get the feedback along the way or you get it all at once. Mm. I chose all at once. Verbally process. Uh, oh no! Challenge the ego with truth. That's what this line item is. Challenge the ego with truth. The ego, first I want to describe what that is. Ego is the contrast between where you really vibrate and where you pretend to vibrate. I know some people who have a deflated view of self. In other words, they think they are worse than they really are. Okay? There's some people who think they're way better than they really are. My ego was telling me I would do well at the show. Kevin's truth was that I was going to lose. He ended up being more right. And it, again, it's not about being right. It's about trying to find the truth, seeking the truth. So in business, you have to drive to five all the time. We talk about this all the time. We drive to five all the time whenever there's a disconnect or a bug or a weed in the garden. And at one point, Kevin and I had a brand new team. I think we had like eight people at the time. And it was the first time we'd ever led a team that big. It was the first time Kevin had ever led a team that big. Um, me as well, actually, but I have led teams in the past. I think, although you you were a foreman, so you also kind of yeah, led I was a team. like four or five people. Okay, well, it was the first time we led a team together, and it was a virtual team, global, and I basically sent him a seven and a half minute audio talking about. I said, "Listen, I'm just going to verbally process my truth here. I love you, brother. I want you to know that we're good. Reassurance is key. Inject reassurance, if that's true. If that's not true, don't don't do that." But in this case, it's like, Kev, we're good. I'm not leaving. Like, 
the business is fine. Everything's fine. I just want to express this. And what I expressed was basically, I don't think you have the leadership acumen yet. I've studied leadership for years and years and years. And I don't think Kevin focused on leadership much. And I said, I think you're making some calls over at Next Level Podcast Solutions that I don't think are ideal. And I think that if you start studying leadership, um, you'll be able to make better decisions. And I think that's really important for the growth of our business and the growth of our character. And so I expressed that and he ended up, I'm, I'm assuming that your ego flared at first and maybe you got insecure and then eventually you're like, it's all good. It's great feedback. And then what I think is important to understand here is that you have to challenge the ego with truth. Kevin did that for me when I asked, hey, do you th- how do you think I'm going to do? What do, you, what do you guys think? Yeah? And he's like, honestly, man, you're not going to succeed, right? From my perspective. You can still try, but you're probably not going to win based on my awareness. He challenged my ego. See, none of us want to do this. Now, if you're with people that have a closed mindset, don't do this. There's no point. It's not worth it. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your time. One of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life is trying to help people succeed who, quite frankly, just have a huge ego and aren't going to win. If you're listening right now, you have the humility to learn from others. You're here to learn. You're here to get better. See, if you and I have a difficult conversation and I challenge your ego, you'll not only grow from it, you'll actually thank me later knowing that that conversation changed your lives, your life. Again, conversations change lives. If I could go back in time and change the name of that podcast, it would be Vulnerable, Vulnerable, Truthful, Challenging Conversations Change Lives. Conversations do not change lives. If we're talking about the weather and, you know, what sports team's doing what right now or, or catching up with the Kardashians, it's not going to change our lives much. But if we're talking about deep, vulnerable, honest, sincere, challenging conversations about truth, those conversations will change your lives, even though they'll hurt more in the moment. Strong work. Thank you, man. Strong work. All right, so we're probably going to have one point each. So I'm going to jump to, I'm going to skip one. I'm going to skip one of my points. So Alan said this, you either get the feedback all at once at the end or you get it along the way. Think of it this way. There's memes out there about when you are too poor to check your bank account, like you just you just don't check your bank account, you pretend it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. There's two things that happen. One, you can check your bank account every single day and say, oh, you know what? My bank account is low. I have to do something because I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. Or you can pretend there's not an issue and get the feedback all at once at the end of the month when you get hit with all your bills and you don't have the money to pay it. Feedback, same thing. If you proactively give feedback, there is a way higher likelihood that it will go well. So this is the example I use. There was somebody in my past who was a good friend of mine, and I have nothing, still to this day, I have nothing but love for this person, but they're not in my life anymore. They started having behaviors that were not aligned with who I was as a person. So they would just take my food and not ask. They would shower at my place and leave their stuff all over the place. They'd bring their laundry to my place to do it. And it's like, look, it doesn't seem like a huge deal at first because it's like, yeah, do your thing. It's not a big deal. Like I literally will give you the shirt off my back. So that doesn't really bother me. But when it's a small crack in the windshield and you don't fix it, it becomes a bigger crack and it becomes a bigger crack and it becomes a bigger crack. And when you take your car in to get inspected, you get a rejection sticker because the crack is too big. If you don't proactively give feedback, the same thing can happen. So what seems like a small problem at the beginning becomes a little bit bigger of a problem next time it happens. And in your mind, you're like, well, this shouldn't be happening. Like this, 
shouldn't be happening. This is kind of rude behavior. But you never had the difficult conversation. And something completely unrelated happens, but you have this thing that you resent about this person, and there, that's where you go, and you dig that crack even deeper. And that goes on for as long as you let it, and it gets to the point where you either have a difficult conversation and things resolve themselves, or you have a difficult conversation and the contrast is too deep, too big, and it breaks the rubber band. And that's what happened in this scenario. I waited way, 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 way too long to have that conversation. And when I did, it was too late. The damage was already done. The friendship was splintered. And that friendship no longer no longer exists. Now, I, I told that at one of the speeches that we gave. And I said, the reason I'm telling you this is because I don't want you to do it the same way I did it. If you can have that difficult conversation, that vulnerable conversation of, hey, look, I literally would give you the, the shirt off my back. Like, if you want anything when you're at my place, all you have to do is ask. That's it. You just have to ask. That's all. Now, in retrospect, and Alan and I have talked about this, I realized that the cycle from this person was I believe that they were afraid to get rejected. So rather than asking for something and risking rejection, they just took it and hoped for forgiveness. If we had that conversation early on, we could have figured that out. Again, that's more on me than it is this than it is this person because my awareness was higher at the time. But I just hope that you will avoid the same thing that I did. Proactive feedback, proactive difficult conversation. It's way easier when it's just a small cut. But if you let it grow and you let it grow and you don't put a bandaid on it and you don't address it, then it becomes an open wound and that's what happened in my case. When you express your truth, you're going to attract in the right people and repel the wrong people. We've talked about that a lot. If Kevin had brought that difficult conversation up and this person overreacted and got triggered and freaked out, obviously Kevin knows his answer. Okay, let's move on. But if they took it really well and were like, thank you so much, I didn't realize that was bothering you, now the law of attraction works properly. Mm -hmm. So Kevin took ownership there because he suppressed his truth. He's feeling this way, yet he didn't express it because he didn't want to deal with it or avoid it or whatever. We've all been guilty of that. I certainly have. Very last one, then we'll move to questions. This is going to be, what's your, what are your triggers? AK, what are your insecurities, your deep wounds? And then what are your trigger tendencies? Super quick. The three Fs are your trigger tendencies. Okay, there's fight, there's flight, and there's freeze. Okay, some people fight, they get really defensive and they argue. That was my go-to back in the day. And again, you usually adopt these, adopt these from your environment growing up. Okay. Number two is freeze, which is, means you disassociate. You kind of shut down completely a protector comes up and you just completely disassociate so that's freeze fight flight and freeze so flight is you leave the room either physically or you have avoidance tendencies so kev was avoiding that conversation with that person he was feeling these triggers come up of a core value in conflict a bug in the garden and he was like ah no nah i don't know just avoided it and again that's a tendency he has and i have a tendency as well it's interesting because i actually think that i sometimes avoid having difficult conversations because I'm not, I don't believe in my own emotional regulation enough. I've gotten much better at this, of course, but like if you can stay calm and centered, difficult conversations become a thousand times easier. And I've worked so much on emotional regulation. Emilia and I literally have never raised our voice to one another. I've come close before because I'm very passionate, but I've never raised my voice. We've never yelled at each other and we've been together almost two years now. She said, Alan, I'm never going to fight with you. I remember thinking to myself, well, I want to be with you forever. I want to marry you. I know you've told me you want to marry me. We're never going to fight. She said, yes, Alan, when people fight, 
there's a winner and a loser, but when you fight, everyone's a loser. So we're going to have challenging discussions, aka difficult conversations, but we're never going to fight because that implies there's a winner and a loser. And when you fight, everyone's a loser. So Emilia and I have had our fair share of challenging moments. We live together. We have different lifestyle preferences. We have different standards for fitness and business and all this stuff, but we've never raised our voice. So if you can stay centered when you're triggered, if you can identify your trigger tendency, fight, flight, or freeze, when it's happening, and you can calm yourself, breathe, and have a a challenging conversation, but from an emotionally regulated place, from a resourceful state, you're going to be a million times better off. And uh, that's all we've got. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.